Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everyone. This is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled, Small Men Can't Wear Big Shoes. This will be part number two. So grab a neighbor, call a friend, let them know that Kingdom Rock Radio is on the air, and they will be marvelously blessed. Get ready, here comes the Word of God. Proverbs, the 23rd chapter, Proverbs 23, and we're going to continue in the subject entitled, Small Men Can't Wear Big Shoes. This would be part number Two. We'll tell you more about that by and by. So let's go ahead and turn our Bibles over to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 23, Proverbs 23. And uh, we're going to read just one verse together, and I'll be reading to you, of course, out of the King James Version. Uh, this is my primary text that I use, not because of popularity, but it's because of because this is the text that the Lord put in my hands to use. Amen? So I fight with my sword. Now, of course, we'll be looking at other versions, other versions of the Bible as well. Uh, but this is the one that uh, is my root uh, translation. In Proverbs, the 23rd chapter, and let's read verse number 7 together. We're going to read it slowly. slowly. We're going to read it loudly. We're going to read it enthusiastically. Ready? Let's read. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. Help me acknowledge the Lord. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this day that you have created. We thank you, Lord, for this mighty day of deliverance, that signs and wonders will follow the ministry of your word. Now, Holy Spirit, I declare unto you that I cannot teach or preach without you. And I declare that I can also do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, Lord, I need you to teach the people today. I need you to preach to the people today. I need you, Father, to move upon your people that they may receive your revelation, your wisdom and understanding. Bless your people this day, we pray in Jesus' name. Let every heart say amen. You may take your seats. Thank you so much for standing with me. All right. On last week, we talked about a man by the name of King Saul. And he was actually Israel's first king. And he is actually a very good example of us as born-again believers. We'll, we'll learn a great, uh, great example uh, from Saul today. And we'll learn things that we can glean by and also, we'll, we'll learn from his mistakes so that we won't fall into the same ones that he fell into. Now, understand, as we started here in Proverbs, 20, Proverbs 23rd chapter, the Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So, coming from our title, if you think that you are small, if you think that you are insignificant, if you think that you are useless, if you think that you never amount to anything, then, of course, that is what you will be. But if you begin to raise your thinking processes, begin to identify with what and who the Lord said that you are, well, then you will rise to that occasion. Right now in this world, 
right now on this planet, there is a shifting in the body of Christ. And the Father is ushering, is, is ushering uh, out uh, his edict or, or his commands to the body, telling them to rise up, to rise to the occasion. This is our finest hour. This is our finest hour. Why do we say this? Because the world system is at an end to itself. They don't know what to do. Their economic system has failed and, and is falling. And the jobless rate is continuing to increase worldwide. Worldwide. And really, when those terroristic, uh, when those terrorists, uh, hijacked the planes and it hit the twin towers there, uh, that was prophetic. It was not God. God did not cause that. He did not make that. That was not his will. But it was prophetic in that, uh, that the enemy was going to hit the, uh, the financial sector of the world, of the United States, because those were the twin towers. Those were in the financial district. And so when the enemy hit those towers, that was symbolic of saying that, uh, that God was going to allow also, uh, that God of this world money to be touched. And mammon right now is, is people are finding that mammon or mammon, of course, is the God of money is money. Uh, they're finding that mammon cannot support them the way they thought it could. A lot of people thought that if they would just save up a lot all their lives, a lot of people save money all their lives to retire and they saved up a good nest egg and they rested in their money. They rested in their money. They were comfortable in their money and in their resources. Now they're finding out that the money that they had raised and money they had scraped, uh, scraped up and saved for so many years is now worth less and it's devaluing every single day. So those that have based their life upon and have trusted in money and in things are now being touched are now being judged, so to speak, along with money, along with the things that money can buy. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So if your trust, if your reliance is in money or uh, in the things that money can buy, if your trust or full reliance or if you're leaning on your job to meet your needs, you're going to find out that you're, uh, that you're standing on sinking sand. But if your trust is in the Lord, if you trust in seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then I can assure you the Lord said that he would still supply those needs. He would add unto you and he's going to continue to add unto you. So this is our finest hour right now. This is the time that you will actually see uh, two trees. Two trees, one that is withered up and that is dying, whose leaves are falling, turning brown because they cannot get nutrients because the things that they, that they hope would keep them is now drying up. And you'll see another tree that is planted by the rivers of living water. And that tree is still growing. It is still flourishing. It is still prospering. It may not know where the money is coming from, but it knows that the Lord is going to send it. And it knows that it will be provided for every single time. Are you hearing me? So this is our finest hour. 
Don't throw it away. This is our finest hour. This is the moment that you will see a shifting in the wealth, uh, wealth from the sinner over to the saint. To those that have prepared themselves and made themselves ready, you're going to see a great shifting. You're going to see more miracles, signs, and wonders wrought through the body of Christ. But not only financially, you're going to see uh, God really lifting up our hearts and filling us with, with more substance, with more of his substance, with more of his love, with more of his joy, more of his peace, more of his long-suffering, that is his patience, more of his goodness and his kindness you're going to find all these things increasing in the body of christ but god needs us to arise to rise because as we'll see here in the life of king saul god can give you an opportunity to reign he can give you the opportunity to reign but if you think that you are still small and insignificant you won't reign very long and the thing that was meant to keep you and your family will go by the side. So let's look at this. God's changing our mentality. God's changing our mentality. We need to think, think with the, with the mindset of having more than enough. More than enough. We're used to having barely enough. We're used to having not enough. But now there must be a shifting in our thinking as it relates to our finances, as it relates to our soul, as it relates to our mind. Our minds must be renewed. Our minds must be renewed because God has selected you to reign. He has selected you to rule. You have been selected. You have been handpicked by the Father to lead others into the kingdom, to lead others to Christ. It is the world that is watching or looking for a savior. Looking for a savior. They can't see Jesus, but they can see you. And I'm telling you today that you are selected to rule. You have been selected to reign. Selected. So we're going to go right back now into the book of uh, 1 Samuel. And uh, we're going to find out some keys from the life of, of King Saul here. We're going to find out some keys. Now, we were there on last week. If you did not get a copy of that or were not here to hear it, I would implore you, um, you can actually go online uh, when you get home to kingdomrock.org and uh, click on the um, radio page. And the message, last week's message, is already uploaded and it's already uh, ready uh, for you to hear. Or when the CDs are available in the church here, make sure that you get a copy of it so that you can glean in the word of God. You need to hear it more than once. All right. Last week we saw uh, Saul. I don't want to do a whole lot of recap because we've got to go further. Uh, we saw that the nation of Israel was in crisis. Uh, the Philistines had continuously taunted them and taunted them. They were raping their women. They were stealing their crops. They're, they were uh, terrorizing God's people, which is what the devil does. He comes in and terrorizes. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We know that. And God's people were frustrated. They were angry. They were saddened. They were depressed. And they were crying out to the Lord for a king. 
Give us a king, O God. Give us a king, O God. The father wanted to rule his people uh, through the ministry of the priest and prophets, of the priest and prophets. But the people cried out for a king. Give us a king so that we can be like other nations, and that king will save us. Well, Samuel heard it and was displeased, and God told Samuel, hey, don't worry about that thing, Samuel. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. Nevertheless, I will give them what they have asked. And the father goes out, and he selects a young man by the name of Saul. He's about 30 years old, and uh, Saul has a problem. He gets to Saul. He gets to Samuel, and uh, Samuel tells him the news that uh, all Israel's hopes now, we can, we can go now to 1 Samuel, the uh, ninth chapter, and he tells him here, just in just a small bit recapping, he tells him here that, uh, Saul, all of Israel's hopes are on you. They're on you. They're looking to you now to solve their problem. They're looking to you now to be the Savior, to be the God-anointed man that will bring Israel out of the clutches of the Philistines. Saul, you're the man. Saul, of course, says, well, why are you talking like this to me? Who am I that I can do this? He saw himself as small and cannot do it. But nevertheless, God had chosen him. And this, understand something now, this is referring to us. Because the task that the Father will give you will always be bigger than you. And you will always need him to stand up in you to perform the thing that he's asking you to do. Are you with me, everybody? So let's try to really get into this. And so we see here in chapter 10, 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse number 1, and we stopped here last time, I believe, we see that uh, Samuel, the prophet Samuel, is now anointing Saul to be king over Israel. This is a private service. No one's here. But Samuel and Saul. Now, the Lord is in the background, of course, and he is actually using Samuel right now to anoint Saul. Now, let me show you something here. You can hold your finger there and uh, hold your finger there in uh, the 10th chapter, the verse, verse there. And we're going to fast forward just a little bit over to chapter 15. Go to chapter 15, 1 Samuel chapter 15. I want to show you what happening, what happened there in 1 Samuel 10 chapter verse 1. Now, here again in verse 1, Samuel and Saul are there, and Samuel pours the oil on Saul. Now, look at 1 Samuel 15 chapter and verse number 17. And Samuel said, when thou was little, now this here again, this is 1 Samuel, the 15th chapter, verse number 17. And Samuel said, when thou was little in thine own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. Now, Let's back up for a moment and let's look at verse number 16 rather. It says, then Samuel said unto Saul, stay and I will tell thee what the Lord have said to me this night. And he said unto him, say on. All right. So verse 17, let me read that again. And Samuel said, 
when thou was small, rather when thou was little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. So this is the Lord. Now flip back over to chapter 10. This is the Lord that is speaking through the prophet Samuel to Saul. God knew this was not a secret. God knew that Saul thought of himself as little and small. He knew it, but he still called him. He knew that Saul thought of himself as unprepared. I can't do this. I can't make it. He knew all the negative emotions and feelings that were in Saul, but yet and still he called him. The Bible declares that we should keep our hearts with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life or the borders or boundaries of life. God knew that Saul had boarded his life up and had already said, I can only go this far. I cannot go any further than that. God knew that Saul just saw himself as a, as his father's son, as a son of Kish, uh, and that I can't do anything else in my life, though his walls had already been bordered. But the Lord challenged him to go further. He challenged him. Uh, he challenged him to go beyond what he thought that he could do because God can do so much more with you than you can do with yourself. I'm telling you because there is more in you. There is more ability in you to do than you will ever imagine, than you can even imagine or think about. When you look in the mirror at yourself, now if you are in fact a born again believer, when you look in the mirror at yourself, you're not seeing the whole picture. You're not seeing the whole picture. There is power that is resident on the inside of you that you cannot see. Now, this power is revealed during times of crisis. It is not revealed when things are going well, when things are at their best. But when you're in a crisis, something that you cannot control, something that you cannot turn, you cannot fix... When you're in that time of crisis and when things are pushing on you on all sides, this is when you will see the power of God begin to surface on the inside of you. Because you in yourself would have gone crazy cuckoo a long time ago. This is when you'll see those footprints in the sand, those one set. It's not you, but it's actually Christ that is holding you up. So when you look in the mirror, once you begin to say and see uh, in yourself, or rather just say, I am more than this. There is more to me than meets the eye, like the Transformers. There is more to you than meets the eye. There is more to you than meets the eye. Are you with me? Because when in times of crisis, the Father knows how to transform you and make you into what is needed at that moment. Are you with me? So we need to get used to that idea that I am bigger than this. I am better than this. Through Christ, I can do all things. Because when the crisis arises, God will transform me and I will be like another man. I will be like another woman. Are you with me? I will arise to the occasion. But this happens when you are pressured. Now. Typically, we run away from pressure situations. 
When we think that we are small, we think we cannot do it, no matter what the opportunity is, we'll look at us, we'll take a self-inventory, and we'll think, I can't do this. You look at your enemy, and you look at yourself, and you say, I can't do this. There's no need in me trying. If I get up there, they're going to laugh at me. They're going to talk about me. Uh, if, if I do this thing, it's going to go bad, so I may not even go because I know who, I know who I am. So I won't even go. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that. I'll get sweaty. I'll start to sweat. And I'll start to stammer. I'll get fidgety. I'll get nervous. And I'll do all this thing. I know who I am. And I know what I've done in the past. So I may not. I shouldn't even go over there. That is how we have been thinking. But now we need to think on a different level. And you need to understand that when you get to that same place, it won't be you, but it'll be him. And he will transform you into another person. He will put his spirit on you and it will cause you to rise to the occasion. The Lord Jesus even said in the New Testament, he said, when they haul you into court, when they haul you into these high pressure situations, think not what you're going to say. Don't even worry about it because what you're going to need to say will be given to you in that hour. In other words, I will be your mouthpiece and I will speak through you and you will speak with wisdom, with power, and with the authority of the Son of God. There's more to you than meets the eye. There's more to you than meets the eye. We got to get that thing. There is more to you than meets the eye. Hallelujah. You're not your credit score. Hallelujah. You're not who they think that you are. You are not your grade level. There's more to you than meets the eye. You're not just a 4.0 or 2.0, whatever. You're not a number. There is more to you than meets the eye because the gift of God in you cannot always be quantified by man. The gift of God that's in you cannot always be quantified by man. They can't always total it up. They can't see your true value and worth. But God can, and that's why he called you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? There's more to you than meets the eye. I'm telling you. There's more to you than meets the eye. And when you get to that point, now God's prophesying. I pray you're hearing this even now. When you get to that point, to that high pressure point, that's an excellent opportunity for you. And at that moment, don't run away, but stand still and you will see the salvation of the Lord and you will feel the spirit of God rise up on the inside of you. And you will declare what God said and you will see the situation turn. Are you with me? Hallelujah. We're going to leave this for a second. Now, one reason we do not go into these situations again is because of fear. But the fear of what? The fear of failure. We are afraid to take a risk. We are afraid to fail. Afraid to fail. And if the fear of failure uh, gets on your back, you will never do anything that is noteworthy. You'll never arise to the person that you are really supposed to be. You're going to have to take a risk. And really, inside of the kingdom of God, there is no failure. There is no failure. As long as you are aligned in the purpose and will of God, there is no failure. And we've got to get that concept really in our head. There is no failure. I told you once once upon a time, uh, the time that I was at a... Um, 
a prison, uh, visiting a lady that was there. And I was supposed to uh, have a little Bible study with her and pray with her uh, because she was on trial for murder and all that. And the family had asked me to come in. And I told you about uh, I was there and I stuttered and stammered so much I could barely put one or two words together. And she kind of chuckled and I said, oh, God, why am I here? I am not built for this. You know, I thought that I had failed, but years later, I found out that that was one of the greatest victories that the young lady had because it wasn't me. I saw myself as failing, but God was working there as well. And I could not see what he was doing. I could only see what I was doing. And I'm telling you, even though if you go... And if you start stammering, if you start sweating, if you start all these things, and if the old scripts play out in your mind again, the things that you used to do, as long as you're standing in God and you're on his assignment, even your weaknesses are becoming a strength. They're becoming a strength. And I'm telling you that God will be working with you and signs and wonders will follow. I'm telling you, God can even use your weakness and turn it around and turn it around and turn it around. But don't run away from it any longer because there are divine opportunities that are just in sight. And the door is open and you're almost to that point. But if you see yourself as small, you're going to turn you're going to turn from it. You're going to take inventory of your own self and you're going to lose it. Are you with me? Don't be afraid of failure. We got to get out there. We got to do it. And I would rather, listen, I would rather for you to fail at the right thing than succeed in the wrong thing. Are you hearing me? Because if you fail in the right thing, God will always pick you up. Well, just ask Peter, who took a risk. He saw Jesus on the water and said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come unto you. Jesus said, come. And Peter began to come on the water, but he began to see everything happen. He began to get fearful, afraid. Doubt came in. He began to sink. He began to fail. His faith began to fail. But he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached down and picked him up. You see, you'll never be able to do anything notable or noteworthy or be all that you can be unless you learn to take a risk, take a chance. Somebody say, well, look, well, Peter failed. He, he sank. But there's nobody else in history that I can think about beside Jesus that walked on water. I don't care what you say about him. He has a testimony of walking on water. Now, every time I try to walk on water... I go right on down to the bottom of the pool. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We got to take a risk. We got to take a chance. We got to step out there. God knows of your limits, but yet and still, he still called you. You are the chosen of God. You are the called. You are the anointed. And if you don't go, where will this earth, this world be? Are you with me? So, here again, we're in First uh, Samuel, uh, the 10th chapter. Saul is being anointed here, king of Israel. 
And uh, in that private ceremony, God knows full well who he is anointing. He knows full well that you haven't gone past the first grade in education. He knows full well um, that you can't read that well. He knows full well uh, what has happened in your past, but yet and still he calls you. Now, understand something. You are the right choice, not because of your background, but you're the right choice because God made the choice. You are the right choice because God made the choice. That makes it right. You have been recommended by God. Now, it's one thing to be recommended by a pastor or, or by your boss at work or, or maybe to be recommended by the, uh, the President of the United States. Hey, that goes far. But you have been recommended by God for this position because he sees something in you that you don't see in yourself yet. Are you with me? Turn to your name and tell him, you're anointed to rule. I'm telling you. So here in verse number one, and we're going to try to go a little bit further here today. We won't be able to get to all of it. He's anointed here in a private ceremony. And Samuel gives him several things. He prophesies to him some things that, that, are, gonna, that are going to happen. And then uh, we see here uh, in verse number seven, it says, and, and let it be. Uh, when these signs are come unto thee, that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. He said, after you've seen all these signs happen, and you can go home and read it later, but for time's sake, I'm going to have to go on. Have you seen all these signs happening, proving to you that God is here with us? After you've seen all these things happen, just do what seems to be right to you, because God is with you. You are the anointed king of Israel. You are the anointed king of now, Israel, you may not be king of Israel, but you're the king of something. Let me tell you that now. Because God has called us all in Christ kings and priests. And if you don't rule, if you don't reign in your dominion, in your territory, with the authority of Jesus Christ, the devil's going to run amok and tear stuff up. You have the authority. You have the power through Christ you have it. He has given you the keys of the kingdom to rule and to reign. And if you don't like what's going on now in your life, in your sphere of influence, you have to rise. If you don't like what's going on, then you need to rise up and take authority and demand that the kings will be done. Because Jesus is the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. What does that mean, king of kings? Who are the kings? We are. Are you with me? Kings not denoting gender, but position in Christ. All right. So in verse number eight, it says, And thou shalt go down before me to Gilgal. And before I will, rather, and behold, I will come down unto thee to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice uh, sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days shalt thou tarry till I come to thee and show thee what thou shalt do. If you need me, Saul, just go to Gilgal. If you need me, go to Gilgal. That's where you'll find the word of God. Go to Gilgal. Wait seven days and then God's going to tell you what you need to do. If you need me, Saul, if you need God, go to Gilgal. I'll tell you this now. Go to Gilgal. 
And it is in that place that the prophet will sacrifice. And after he makes a sacrifice, God will tell you what you need to do. So if you ever get in trouble, go to Gilgal. Turn to them and tell them, we got to go to Gilgal. All right. Now look at verse number nine. And it said, and it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. Now, we could look at this as a born-again experience. Born-again experience where we receive a different heart. So as Saul left the presence of Samuel, as he turned his back to go home, God changed his heart. We can say, we could say he got saved. God gave him a different heart. But you know what? He still had issues in his soul. His spirit was new. We could say that here being in the modern day church, his spirit was new, his heart was new, but he still had challenges in his soul. And don't you know that you can come up one week and give your life to Jesus or at home or somewhere in the car, you can give your life to the Lord and the Lord can quicken in you. He can make you a new person on the inside. He can give you a new heart, but you'll still have the same issues in your soul because somewhere deep in your past, when certain situations came up, you told yourself how to act in those situations. We developed what's called a script, a dialogue. When this situation happens, this is how you react. This is how you react in this situation. Now understand, we only react in those situations uh, only react that way, whether it's a uh, stammering or stuttering or sweaty palms or, or fidgeting or, or whatever you do during stress or some people get angry. Some people begin to cry and all these things. You only act like that when a certain kind of situation uh, comes, when you get into that situation. Other than that, you don't act that way. Are you, is anybody understanding what I'm saying to you today? You don't act that way because that is not the real you. That is a script or a dialogue that was written in your mind, that is written in your soul. You've told, we've told ourselves from the past as a defensive mechanism to pain. We've told ourselves this is how you act in this given situation. And so the script has been written. The dialogue has been written. The program has been inserted. Boom! In the back of our heads. And each time we get into these high-pressured situations, we react this way. Anybody understanding what we're saying? Y'all got to help me out today. Do you understand what we're saying today? Now, this is not you. This is not the normal you. When you get into those high-pressure situations, when you have to perform, this is not you. That's not you. Let's get that straight Let's get this straight right now. You are not a fool. You are not a foolish person. You are not a stammerer. You are not a whimperer. You're not a, you're not an angry person. You're not all these things. You're not hateful. You're not envious. All that stuff is not you. Those negative feelings that you experience at that moment is not you. Let's understand that. That's not you. Say with me, that's not me. 
Now, how many of you believe that that is not you? That's not you. But that is a program that is a script that was written in you that you wrote way back yonder as a defensive mechanism to help shield you from pain. Hallelujah. Now that script or that dialogue or that program has been embedded in your thinking, embedded in your soul, and now it is called a stronghold. And this stronghold must now be broken. And it is broken when we begin to think of ourselves in a different light. When we begin to find other safeguards to shield us from pain. Because understand, as long as you are in that body, there will be, you will need some sort of safeguard to shield you from pain. The Lord is simply saying, don't use that old safeguard don't use that stronghold but use what i'm telling you use the whole arm of god use the word of god use your faith in god use that and that will help you to develop other tendencies and you won't do what you used to do anymore are you with me hallelujah i know somebody got something out of that i felt the spirit of god and so Saul is here. He has a new heart. We could say in the New Testament church that he is born again, but he still has these old scriptings on the inside. These things that are not dealt with. You say you're going to have to go into your own private time in your prayer closet, even take a journal and write some things down. When pressure hits you, whether it's financial pressure or it's people pressure or whatever that pressure is, what do you do? And I want you to write that thing down. You write it down. I do this, that, and the other. Write what you do and write also what you feel. What you do and write also what you feel in that moment. Now, if you can't think about uh, how you are in a situation, just keep on living. Keep on living because the same situation is going to happen again. And when it happens, take note of it. Don't run from it. But take note of it. I told you one time that I was uh, at the Chamber of Commerce um, there in uh, the city of Waco, Georgia. And uh, I had been invited there into this big fancy smancy board meeting. Ooh, little me. Ooh, Mark Stroud. How am I? How am I? Ooh, ooh. You don't want me, Lord, to be in this big meeting with all these business owners, all these community leaders. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You don't want me. You don't want me. Paper bag, hyperventilate. <laughs> you don't want me. But at that moment, the Lord began to deal with me to begin to quantify my fears, to begin to deal with why are you feeling this way? And what, in fact, are you fearing? What are you feeling? What is this causing you to do? You see, that's the moment really to examine yourself because you really can't see that part of you until you're under pressure. And unless you deal with that part of you, that part of you is going to cause your death. Eventually, it's going to cause the loss of something. Eventually, it's going to keep you in that one bedroom box under the heel. It's going to keep you there and keep you out of your mansion until we deal with the scriptings of the past. Oh, I know that somebody's hearing. So when you get back to that point, when you see that other person, that is not you. When you see yourself reacting in that way, stop for a moment. 
Whoa, wait, 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 wait. Now, this is not me. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be depressed. What's going on here? Why am I feeling this way? Begin to examine yourself. Why am I feeling this way? Something's wrong. I told my wife the other, the other night at home, uh, as, as I came home from, from ministry, some came home from ministry, and uh, I told her, honey, I feel funky. I didn't say I smell funky. I said I felt funky. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. There's something wrong because I know that normally, you see with a smile on my face, and it's a real smile, like this. Hallelujah. So I know how I am normally, and I also know how I am when I am concerned about something. When I'm concerned. And I also know how I am otherwise is, 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 as well. But something came on me. And it wasn't me. And I said, hold on, honey. Wait, there's something wrong here. I'm feeling angry. And I don't know why. I determined that there was another spirit in play. That was trying to attach itself to me. Trying to make me react badly. So I told her, hold on, honey. I said, hold on, don't touch him right now. We need to pray. So I took authority over that foreign spirit. I bound it in the name of Jesus. And I cast it from me. Now, I was not possessed. My head was not spinning. But there was another influence that was trying to cause me to act in another way. Well, once I bound that thing and cast it out, I said, oh, I feel so much better now. And you see, part of the battle in the spirit as Christians, born and believers, you have to discern, you have to be discerning and know what is you and what is not you. Because if you don't know you, then you won't know when another spirit comes. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Hallelujah. And then there are different times of mourning, different times of, of sadness and frustration that can come. You have to know, hey, that's not me. I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be like this. Now, there are times now we're, we're following the Lord. There are times when you will feel the burden of the Lord. Yesterday, I also experienced that in crying and, and in weeping. And I could not, I didn't know why am I crying so, why am I weeping? Why is this burden on me so bad? But I was feeling, I know now what it was. I was feeling the burden of the Lord as the Lord was crying over his people. Why won't they come? Come, my children. Come, my children. Come away from this. Come away from that. The Lord said, he would cause Israel to come unto him like like a, a mother hen calling her young unto them come around me come 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 as the Lord still calls Israel now and he's calling these believers come now come now come unto me and I felt such a heavy burden 
And when the burden is so heavy, I can't cover it up with a smile. I got to go and pray. Why am I feeling? Oh, God, save them. And the only thing that really released it is when I began to pray for the saints of God. When I began to release all the other things, and we'll get into some things because it's, this book is so rich. But see, God is always faithful. He's always faithful. He's always faithful to have intercessors. Those that will see your pain and even sometimes feel it and say, I got to go home and pray for him. I got to go home and pray for them because that's not them. Something's wrong. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, you're speaking real good today. And so let's go back now. Let's go back now. And so Saul was anointed. God had given him a new heart. And then in verse 16, now, there's somewhere we got to go today, and I pray you got a couple more minutes. Because I've got to give you something here. Verse 16, Saul meets his uncle, but he doesn't tell his uncle what had just happened to him. He doesn't tell his uncle that he's been anointed king. I wonder why. It's happened to him, but it's still kind of surreal right now. I am the new king of Israel. Me. Hmm. I'm the new CEO. Me. He's not quite gotten in his head just yet. Now I want you to see something here in verse 17. Now we're going to read a little bit here and we're going to actually stop in just a few more moments. Verse 17. And Samuel called the people together unto the Lord at Mizpah and said unto the children of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought up Israel out of Egypt and delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all kingdoms and of them that oppressed you. And ye have this day rejected your God who himself saved you out of all your adversaries and your tribulations. And ye have said unto him, nay, but set a king over us. Now, therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your thousands. And when Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, the tribe of Benjamin was taken. Now, look, look now. I want you to see something. We're going to slow down just for a second. Samuel told everybody, okay, y'all, he called talking to the elders. Okay, you didn't want God. The Lord said you didn't want him, but you wanted a king. All right, fine. He said, now all y'all get together. All people get together. All country get together. Those that you can, that can meet at the Washington Monument in Washington C in DC, get together. Now come on up. Come on up. Those of you that can't make it, watch it on TV. Look at it on the internet. Come on, everybody to see this thing because God's about to give you a king. Now understand, the whole nation is still in an upheaval. They're praying, oh God, send us a king because we're tired of going through this.
this. Oh, please save us. Send us a king. So everybody's been praying for a king. And so Samuel's announcing right over C-SPAN, right over Channel 2 News, if you will, God has sent you a king. So everybody, whoo we got a king now. We got a king now. I wonder who it is. I wonder who it is. So Samuel calls everybody to come around, and he takes a different tribe and say, no, it's not in your tribe. It's not in your tribe. It's not in your tribe. Benjamin, yeah, it's in the Benjamin tribe. So they call Benjamin tribe up, and, and Saul, or rather, Samuel goes to the tribe, and finally, Saul is chosen. Now look here, uh, and look at verse 22. No, rather, at uh, verse 21. And it says, and uh, verse 21, when he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the family of uh, Mitrex uh, was taken, and Saul, the son of Kish, uh, was taken. And when they sought him, he could not be found. Therefore, they inquired of the Lord further, if the man should yet come hither, is he coming back? They said, now let me read this to you out of the um, message Bible. I love the way it reads here. Verse, uh, 20, verse 20, 20, it says, after Samuel got all the tribes of Israel lined up, the Benjamin tribe was picked. And then he lined up the Benjamin tribe in family groups. And the family of Matrix was picked. And the family of Matrix took, uh, took its place in the lineup. And the name Saul, son of Kish, was picked. But when they went looking for him, he was nowhere to be found. Samuel went back to God. Is he anywhere around? God said, yes, he's right over there, hidden in the pile of baggage. He's hidden among the stuff. King James said, he's over there hiding in the stuff. Now, this is your day of coronation. This is your day of coming out. Everybody is now going to know that you are the man. You are the woman. You are the one whom God has placed the trust in you. You are the anointed one. You are God's chosen. You are handpicked of God. This is your coronation day. He knows it. And when they find, go and try to find Saul, where is it? Where is it? Nobody, people were trying to find him everywhere because his name was called. And now taken from the Kish's house, Saul, 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 Saul. Well, where is he? Maybe they here. All right. And now your new king. Give it up for king. Saul, 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 Saul. And I can hear the band going. Bam, 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 bam. I can hear them all going. And where is he? The people could not find where Saul was. They couldn't. This is your day, man. It was so bad that they said, well, Sammy said, well, I got to go back and pray and ask God where he is because we can't find him. So Sammy goes back to God. Lord, where, where is it? God said he's hiding in the baggage. And we're going to stop here today. Hiding in the baggage. This is your day. This is your moment. And you can't come forth because you're hiding among the baggage. Now, that ought to sing to somebody. 
You can't come out and do what God called you to do. You can't have your moment. You can't have this hour because you're hiding in the baggage. Well, what is baggage? Baggage is the messes, your messes, your failures, your mistakes, your disappointments, your scars, the abuses of your past. You're thinking that you're still that old person, but God has already saved you and has given you another heart. He has called you. He has anointed you, gave you another heart, and now he's bringing you before the people, but you can't come because of what you still think of yourself. You're still hiding amongst the baggage. You've got to deal with your baggage. Or you will never have your defining moment. If you don't deal with your baggage, God will never say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have to deal with the baggage. He's hiding among the stuff. He's afraid that he won't make meet everybody's expectation. He's afraid that he won't be the king that he needs to be. He's afraid that he can't really be the savior of Israel. He's afraid. Ask your neighbor, are you afraid? Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus. We pray that you are blessed by today's message and that you are richly encouraged. On behalf of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, we would like to invite you out to Sunday Morning Sunday School. It starts at 9 a.m. Sunday Morning Worship starts at 10. Come expecting a miracle. Wednesday night is dinner and Bible study. Dinner starts at 6.15 with Bible study starting at 7. All are welcome. Come out and enjoy the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ under the anointing of His precious Spirit. Kingdom Rock is located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop by and see us sometime. To learn more about our ministry, give us a call at 770-537-1933. That number again, 770-537-1933. Or just log on to our website 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. We'll be glad to hear from you. And if you'd like to partner with me to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all around the world, just let us know because partnership has its advantages. Until next time, this has been Pastor Mark A. Stroud. And I thank you once again for joining me for Kingdom Rock Radio. Tune in again for the rich word of the Lord. Always remember that Jesus Christ is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you this Sunday at 10 a.m. at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia.